You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is from FMB Wealth and Investment, Portfolio Manager at that institution. Wayne, it's June the 1st, so May's gone, so now we don't have to worry anymore. It's all over. Selling May and going no. away has gone. Everything's going to be fine now. No, look, unfortunately, I don't really believe these old wives market story tale. Although there is some credibility to sell in May and go away, Yes. But it's not 100% accurate. It's just May is maybe 30% more likely to have a market crash in May than other months. But it's not, you know, 400 times more likely than other months. So, And, of course, anything like that, any sort of those market things, all sounds great and you'll do all the statistical analysis and you'll prove your point and you'll be utterly convinced and totally convinced around it. And then the next May you try it. That's the time it doesn't work. Exactly. No, it's, it's, it's entirely spurious. And it belongs to mm. uh, a bygone era when uh, people, mm. I mean, for example, Wayne McCurry in the 19, 1930s, for example, or 19, 1950s, let's say the 1950s. Well, even the 60s and 70s. Yeah, you, what, you went you, on holiday and nothing, yeah. Exactly. You would have left, you know, the first week in May and you would have said to your, your minions like Lindsay Williams, I would have been your, your lackey. And you would have said, Lindsay, I'm going away to, um, to, to Europe uh, for, for three months. I'm going to my uh, villa on Corfu or something. My villa, uh, yeah. Yeah, and you've got a little yacht uh, moored just just, yeah. just And just, you just can't off, contact off, me, off, so, yeah. Exactly. So you just, just stay here. But I'm selling most of my holdings now. Uh, I've got the core holdings, but all these other ones... I just want mm. you to ease into the market and that would be the end of it and so may would be a week month yeah. and then you'd come back in september and that would be it yes. doesn't work like that anymore when no everyone's online all the time unfortunately yes i agree there's no there's no escape nowadays no escape. i mean even like me for example i'm actually semi-retired so i officially work three days a week but i'm actually working five days a week because you're online the whole time and people phone you the whole time and you go into meetings and you attend presentations and people book presentations and they do everything. Yes. But I mean, I don't work full day. So I'm still, you know, I'm not, I'm still only working, you know, eight, 16, 24 hours a week, but over the whole time, everyone's online all the time. Now the saying, the selling may and go away is no longer that relevant. No, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I prefer, I really do prefer the, the days when there wasn't so much transparency. I know that sounds terrible for the ESG brigade, uh, the governance brigade. Everyone needs to know every single day how much you're earning and how much you're not earning. It seems like that anyway, because there's, and there's never any surprises. I quite like a surprise occasionally. Um, oh, there's still plenty of surprises because... Uh... No one knows the future. So, yeah, there's but, still plenty surprises. There was one thing that really did, um, it, it was horrible for shareholders. It was something that hadn't yes. been flagged at all and there hadn't been any gossip on it. It was Goldfields yesterday no. coming out and buying yes. a, a, a gold mine and the share price fell by 20%. But there'd been no flagging. There'd been no, we're in talks with this, uh, with somebody and no. this is our cautionary announcement. Came out of the blue, weren't out of the blue, and the market voted distinctly with its feet on that one. Yes. I haven't seen a big share announce a deal and be pounded 20% in a day. Nor I, I haven't seen that for a, 
I can't remember when last I saw that, to be honest. I mean, you're not, and, you're and not, it is, you're not a gold man, but that must have even surprised you. Yes, very much so. And, you know, when you look, they're paying a 30% premium. They're paying obviously way above net, net asset value, but that's quite normal because you're buying a lot of, you know, future value, not current net asset value. Yes. Um, they're paying, man, I did work it out, but I can't remember now. Is it a 14 PE, something like that, 15 PE? I, I can't remember. I did work it out. But, you know, I mean, no matter what I think, the motor, the, mo the, the, the market yes. clearly voted with its feet there. I can't remember when last I've seen something again. So I can bet you Goldfields is hitting the street to try and explain this deal to all shareholders, to all and sundry, to all analysts, to the market as a whole, because that was a proper pounding. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was speaking to Shapiro yesterday, and he I mean, says it's down it's another two and a half percent today. Yeah. Ah, so it's done about. I mean, I've, I, I suppose from 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 top to to bottom, probably about uh, uh, probably about twenty four, twenty five percent lower than it was on Monday, uh, which is which, yeah. which, which, which remember, is. Remember, remember the move. gold shares hit a peak. Gold shares hit a peak beginning of March. So Goldfields beginning of March was two hundred and fifty rand a share. It's now one hundred and fifty rand a share. Mm. And the gold so price has fallen as well. It was in Feb. Yeah, well, the gold price has fallen. Yeah, the gold price well. has fallen. Yeah, yeah, it has, and also yeah. the rand has been remarkably stable. Uh, so, yes. yeah. who knows? I mean, Chris Griffiths, uh, as David Shapiro was talking about, his his history at uh, Kumba Iron Ore, Anglo American Platinum, now Goldfields. He's got a good track record. He's um, he's, yes. he's a solid miner. I mean, proper old school miner. So I don't know. Maybe he's found something that nobody else had had uh, even considered yeah. before. I hope so. But look, ultimately, ultimately, you're taking a view on the price of the commodity, in this case, gold. Yes. You are, you are taking a view on gold. And if gold goes up $500 an ounce, you'll look like a king. If it falls $500 an ounce, you'll be a villain because of this deal. You know, it's exactly the same as 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 Sibanya and platinum and palladium. It's exactly the same. You know, Neil Froneman now, he got his timing right. Make no mistake about that. I mean, make truly no mistake about that. But he, if the platinum and palladium price, especially palladium, so when he bought Lonro and the Anglo-American platinum mines, the palladium price was, I call it a thousand one hundred. Be, no, be, somewhere between a thousand and one thousand two hundred. You know, it peaked very shortly at two thousand three hundred, and it's now at two thousand. So now it looks as though this was the deal of a lifetime. But if the platinum price didn't go up, it might have even bankrupted Sibanya. Yeah. And and she also bought still waters at all, and that might have been the biggest, the best one. But still, when when a, when a resource company buys other, another company, they're taking a quite a clear view about the future price of that commodity and if it's wrong they go down as villains when you think of anglo-american buying that copper mine in 2008 in south america at yeah. the peak yeah. i mean it almost bankrupted them and bhp looks as though they were the euros during that cycle because they didn't really spend much money but you forget they made the big punt for Rio Tinto. And if that have gone through, 
and the subsequent commodity down cycle happened, they probably would have gone bankrupt. Mm. You know, so it's all dependent. It all depends on the price of the commodity, what happens to it, whether the deal's a good deal or not. It doesn't matter how much due diligence you've got. doesn't matter what the assets they've got. All of that virtually doesn't matter. If the price of the commodity doesn't work for you, you die. What about, um, what about, I know this sounds stupid, but what about as someone like Neil Froneman having an instinct, a nose for a deal? He's, he's, he thinks that having, you know, he speaks to people from the industry every single day. He speaks to industry bodies. He speaks to other yeah. miners from whether it be in Australia not, or Nevada or wherever but it not, is. But not and even he has that. a nose I mean, for a not, deal. It's not even that. If Palladium is at a, call it a eight-year low, well, let's talk PGMs, not just palladium. If the PGMs are at an eight-year low, yes. and the current price is be and the current price is lower than the cost of production, to be honest, it doesn't take a genius to work out the next movie's up. You don't know when. That you never know. But it, you know, when you're at the bottom of a commodity cycle, people still need commodities. The next moves up. You know, when iron ore hit. $26 a ton in 2015 and your average production cost is $30, $40 a ton, you know the price is going up. You just don't know when. So like take Kumba, for example, absolute classic example. 2008, Kumba hit 600 bucks, 700 bucks, somewhere around there. And it fell, it fell, it fell, it fell, it fell. And it hit 20 bucks. You know, the next stop was 700. You know, so does it, is it instinct and no for it? I mean, you just take a gamble that at, at 20, the price is unsustainable. It's got to go up. And hopefully you're right. And it does go up. And then you look like a king. Like you, you know this industry. Meanwhile, you're just saying, if you buy, if you're lucky enough to buy something at the bottom of a commodity cycle, you might not call the bottom exactly. The next move is up. You just don't know when. Now, taking gold, for example, gold's already peaked. Maybe the next move, the next structural move in gold is uh, is, 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 is down. Yeah, 15 you know, You're not buying something. gold at the bottom of the cycle. Mm. You're not buying gold at the bottom of the cycle. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, so when you take, let me just get, get, I've actually got my graph up here. Let me just get the, the actual data here. Yeah, there's a very good so Neil, uh, analyst. Neil. There's a very good analyst. So just while you're getting your graph up, um, uh, uh, Peter Major, uh, and he always says yeah, to I know me, Peter very well. he always says to me, Lindsay, just look at the mean price of gold. Just have a look. Never mind the yes. spikes to 2050. Never mind the falls to, to to 1250. Whatever it is, just have it will always revert to the mean. He's very very staunch probably in, in that regard, yes. and he's he's a proper old school miner as well himself because he's involved yeah. in in, so in mining in, in his personal capacity. Yeah, so Neil, Neil Freuneman bought the Anglo-American and Lonro and Stillwater with the Palladium price, let's call it 800. Right. You know, next stop, next stop, 2,700, 2,800. You look like a king and you are a king. You made so much money for yourself and for your shareholders, but you wouldn't have made that money if the Palladium price didn't go up. So if you're lucky enough to buy at the bottom of the cycle, 
You know, the next movie's up. It doesn't take a genius to work to work that out. But uh, gold is a different. Gold is another one. Eh? I, I'm not sure gold is in for a major bull run. I, I just don't know. One of the reasons I don't think it is is because there's a certain country, rather a large country, engaged in a little bit of a spat with another country in Europe, and it's called Russia. And one of the, and, and with their oil revenues, no one, no one's ever mentioned this, but I've, it suddenly occurred to me, with their oil revenues being cut off essentially, and they'll be ninety percent lower than they were um, uh, uh, three, three, four months ago at the end of the year. They're already seventy-five percent down. They have to sell gold reserves in order to fund their activities, not not just the war, but also their economy. So I think they'll be offloading some gold, or at least hedging the gold in the futures market. It's quite, it's, it's quite possible. The other negative on gold, in my view, is that inflation more than likely has peaked. I don't know where it's falling to. I hope it's falling to 3%. But the actual headline number, you know, unless oil goes to 250, has probably peaked or is very close to the peak. That's also not good for gold, you know, falling inflation. In theory, rising inflation is good for gold. Mm. So, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to see on gold fields. But, uh, but I can promise you, Chris is pounding the pavements there, so to speak, <laughs> to, because when that share drops 20%, you don't sleep that well that night. No, so he, You he, might think you've got the best deal, and when the market votes like that, you're just not happy. No. Um, there's not much else to talk about. Just just very briefly, in a couple of minutes, if you can sum up, I, I said slightly glibly and facetiously that May is over now. Uh, so June the 1st is a, a new dawn for the markets. We're going into a Northern Hemisphere summer. Everyone's happy. It's the Platinum Jubilee of the Queen uh, tomorrow. It's a four-day weekend in the UK. Everyone's happy. There's going to be no bearish sentiment. What do you think? What are you doing? Still cautious. Sitting on cash. Very good. Sitting on cash. Now, when you go and buy, I don't know. I'm fairly confident to say the downside we've had the most we've had most of the the, the downside. I'm fairly confident to say that. I don't know when it's going to end. I still think there is more weakness. So I don't know the point where we would go out and buy shares. I'm honestly not sure about that. But uh, at some stage, hopefully, we get an opportunity to actually go out there and buy some shares. Now, my, my personal view, and I'm not sure about it, my personal view, the market dips below 64,000. I know it sounds a long way away from now, but we were almost there a week ago. The market dips below 64,000, I think, we'll go out and buy. Okay. In that case, patience is the uh, is the name of the game for Wayne McCurry's um, Northern Hemisphere summer, South African uh, winter. Wayne, I want to talk about food now. Sure. And um, I, you, you're, pro you're, you're from Kimberley. You're probably not a royalist. You probably don't care that it's uh, the t tomorrow is the 70th anniversary of the Queen ascending to the Look, throne. I mean, 70 years on the throne, and she's been it's such quite, a stalwart. It, it it's is incredible. It is quite something, yes. Mm. But I'm not a royalist. No, you're not. I, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but I understand that. 
I'm not a coal man, you're a coal man, and uh, yeah, near the twain shall meet, as they say. Uh, but uh, I do love the Queen. She's been with me all my life. And the day that she goes, I'm telling you, there'll be no Wayne on Wednesday because I'm taking a week off with, black, uh, with a black armband. But that's not going to happen for at least five, six years. But what I'm doing tomorrow, Wayne, because we need to talk about food, is that around about 3.30, quarter to four, I'm going to brew. I've got a lovely teapot. And I'm going to, with loose leaf tea, I'm going to brew a, a pot of Earl Grey tea. I'm going to get a china cup and saucer. Okay, and some milk and sugar. And at the same time, I will have pre-prepared some cucumber sandwiches. And the way that you do them yeah, good. Is, you, is, you, is you get, I'm going to use brown bread. Traditionalists might say white bread, but no, I'll get a very light brown bread. And you put a little bit of unsalted butter on it. Not too much. You don't want to mask the taste of the cucumber. Um, you do that and you, you scrape off the green hard outside of the cucumber and cut it, slice it very thinly and put it in. Very thin, yeah. yeah. very, very thin indeed. Salt and pepper on top and then the key element to the Buckingham Palace, because I've done some research on this, the Buckingham Palace cucumber sandwich is little bits of mint, little sprigs of mint in there and it brings out the flavour of the cucumber. The then, you, then you cut off the, the crusts and then you cut it into triangles and arrange it nicely on the plate. And I'm going to do that. And I've got one of these. Um, I've got a picture. I've got a sort of a, a figurine of the Queen, which uh, has um, which has like a little solar panel in it in her handbag. And so when when the sun's shining, which it will be tomorrow, uh, it makes her wave. So I'm going to have that. I'm going to uh. I'm going to take a photo of it, and I'm going to have a pot of old grey tea and some beautiful triangular cucumber sandwiches cucumber cucumber sandwiches wayne that's my story for the week and i'm i'm yeah. so looking forward no, look, to it i'm i'm not going to join you in cucumber sandwiches what i'm doing is i'm going on that virtually unknown thing that thing that you remember vaguely from the distant distant past what's that a business trip Oh, I remember that. Uh, that's, that business was... trip. You remember those things? I do remember having to go on business An trips yeah, and meeting people. Business trip. Mm. And meeting people, and I'm giving a presentation or two or three. No, really. So I'm off to Cape Town tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Friday. Mm. And then my partner's joining me on Friday night, and we're spending the weekend and flying back on Sunday morning. Do you have a favorite so Cape sure Town restaurant? No, we just actually go to anywhere in the waterfront because we're staying at the Bay Hotel. I think it's called the one right at the end of the waterfront. The table. I think it's the table bay. Yeah, the table bay. It's a very good. Table bay. Yeah. It's a very good. We're staying there. Yeah. Okay. Look, my 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 favorite restaurant in Cape Town, with one little caveat to it, is actually the Twelve Apostles Hotel. Either of their restaurants there. They serve a prawn dish there. Uh, Curry? Oh, or my mind's going mad yet. No, 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 no. It's like you a casserole, man. We speak, about it. Hmm. we speak about it often. It's, it's named after a Russian count, man. Stroganoff. Just, uh, yeah, they yes, serve a prawn, yes. a prawn stroganoff there to absolutely 
die for. It's worth it's worth going into Cape Town to the twelve apostles to have that. But, but it's way out of Cape Town. But, it's but the caveat how, is the twelve apostles. It's close to how is a bit Bay. isolated. Yeah, close to Land. Yeah, it's a bit yeah, isolated. I'm, yeah, I know it well. But Wayne, I have to give you a little bit of advice here because you like dodgy places, don't you? Or rather, you like simple oh, places. Okay. No, I like dodgy places. There's a bar that is close to the old um, the the old harbour of Cape Town, so it's frequented mm-hmm. by by sailors. It's a Portuguese place, and it's called Vasco da Gama. And I want you to write this down. Vasco. Well, I will. I will remember. I will remember Vasco da Gama. He. It's called. I, I learned a lot about him in history at school. It's called Vasco da Gama, and they do squid tentacles there. They do a bowl of squid tentacles, which are, are to die for. But on the other, and also they just have these these fish portions and these chicken liver portions that you would go berserk for. And I can. No, tell well, you, I must look. I must. I must. I must. I'll send it to you. But there you go. In look, look into that. I think it's um, owned now. It's very, very traditional, very, very old school. And well, if it was it owned by change. Vasco da Gama, you would be very old by now. No, no, it's owned by Graham Smith, the um, the, the the former uh, Springbok cricket, cricket captain. Yeah, uh, but it okay. is really, really popular. And if you go into the uh, in, into the traditional bar and you sit there, and you uh, you won't be disappointed. I think the Vasco da Gama is one to consider. And it's a, just a short taxi ride from the Table Bay Hotel. No, well, I will, we will certainly consider that. Yeah, it okay. sounds very good. It's really good. But okay, we're wait. going to go on a little helicopter flight, and we're going to go on a little cruise on a boat, even though it might be quite cold, but anyway. Okay, well, that's quite flashy. But anyway, It'll that's nice. Fun. Very romantic. Okay, Wayne, thank you very much for your time. Wayne right. McCurry is a portfolio yeah, manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.